Welcome, friends. Lost Scarf here, and it's time for basically a podcast with Jocelyn Joy. Hello, Jacqueline. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I'm not even drinking yet. I know. Jacqueline yeah, Joy. Yeah, I think you need a drink for that because you got it wrong. Yes. Okay. And so I'll, I'll... <laughs> this is the community manager for Massive Damage Inc. Correct. Yeah. Uh, their newest game is Halcyon Six. We LP that on stream. We did a one shot on to recommend the game. It's really good. Uh, that LP is going to be on the side channel. Scarf plays at on YouTube. Uh, it's it's good. It's a fun game. Recommend the heck out of it. It's like DS Nine meets XCOM, and it's so fun. And what has been decided? Because well, I was I'm coming in here all professional with like a collar and everything. It's first time. <laughs> talking to a community manager for a company and her suggestion is let's drink so here's what i'm drinking which is a cider 11 percent alcohol 11 percent mm-hmm. the oh uh, uh, ciders are basically you're making uh, a white wine is what you make oh. when you make a cider it's 11 percent. don't have a choice in that matter that's just what they are uh and you are drinking I'm drinking a plum wine. There you go. Although it looks like whiskey, but it's a plum wine. That's what I thought it was at first. So <laughs> now I'm going to advertise for a moment for Swiss Army knives because they're very useful. <laughs> uh oh, D- don't hurt yourself. As soon as I remember which one it is, this is the can opener. So that's not it. <laughs> this is the, there it is. So there is the bottle opener. And it's making a lot of noise. There we go. <laughs> Yay! For the viewers who don't know, Scarf Homebrew Cider. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, well, since I messed up already, drink. Yeah, I'll drink with you too. So, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Ding. Mm-hmm. This is, um, be an interesting night. That's what it's gonna oh, be yeah. for sure. So. <clears throat> What we do here with basically a podcast is talking with a guest about whatever questions I have or topics and such. Trying to be casual, but also interesting. It's already being very interesting. And <laughs> what I've been dreaming of doing is talking to like developers and just other people who are in gaming itself. Because I've been interested in gaming since, well, I, I grew up in gaming. Mm-hmm. I've been playing since like a kid with like the Atari something. I don't remember. <laughs> but just since a kid, so I've always been in gaming, and so doing YouTube as enthusiasts and everything. And so, community manager! Holy crap, that's pretty... That's, Yay! Yes, it's uh, very... I'm very hype if, I, if I'm not conveying that well enough. <laughs> it was interesting, because like, I didn't start out as a community manager. I actually started out as a game designer for uh, kids' apps. I used to work at a production studio, uh, I would say, like, th- for three years or so. But like I also did like the marketing for the apps as well, so that was how I kind of got into like the more community management role. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a, I have a knack for community management, so I I go I was like, oh, you know, why not give it a shot? So yeah, here I am. That's there you go. And you've been at yeah. you said three months, right? Three months of community management. Three three months at massive, massive damage. damage. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've had like uh, experience with like marketing and other things um, for I would say two two years or so. Okay, wow. Okay, so that's a lot of yeah. experience there. Mm-hmm. And you did development, so that's I'm also just interested in development as well. Just mm-hmm. how that all works out, and I guess so. How'd you just get into it then, or like like uh, how did I get into game design? Yeah, into game design. 
It was funny because like um, I, I started out studying psychology and forensic science. Oh. And um, it was funny because I wanted to like uh, be one of those people on CSI, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like busting out those one-liners like, oh, you're arrested for doing this. But then I just realized, oh, that was more on the side of law. Whereas like uh, what I was studying was pertains to like, um, I guess, more lab work. So I switched out to uh, game design on my, I think, third year of university. Wow. And um, yeah, I've always like liked games because like uh, ever since I was a kid, my dad, he like put me on his lap when I was four years old and he'd be playing Doom. And he would tell me to like, shoot them, shoot them, like shoot the monsters and stuff. And I'd be like crying because <laughs> they were scary. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dad. <laughs> no, but it was like one of the best memories I've had with my dad. Um, he was one who got me into gaming. And yeah, story is like all over the place. But um, yeah, so basically I studied game design for a little bit. And like I worked on a couple of projects with people at school. And then um, after a while, like I would just be staying home and playing games a lot as well because I was so interested in all the, the theories and the way that um, designers would implement uh, certain functionalities and rules and systems. So I got really into that and I started working for uh, a production studio. Um, they weren't really a game studio. They focused more on like interactive media. So I did some work for them, and then I eventually got pushed more into like the marketing role, and I actually liked that, enjoyed that as well. So yeah, I started going to uh, community management. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Like, so you went, so you went from forensic, and you wanted to. That is interesting. Just putting myself on there on the coin. <laughs> of I went into college going for computer engineering, ah. wanting to do something it was like just tech in general but if i could do gaming that'd be great hmm. and then like well i'm i can't i can't do another 16 hour coding i just can't yeah it, can't. it takes it takes a lot out of you <laughs> i just it was after two years I'm like i'm i can't do it anymore so i moved over i hopped about around a little bit and then i ended up in biology Ooh, biology. I ended, up, mm -hmm, ended up becoming a neuroscientist that's what i did Oh, wow. And so it's funny to just hear the opposite kind of, like you were yeah, going into science. Yeah, like switched positions. Yeah, so that's yeah. interesting. Uh, just wow. as an aside, I suppose. But that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that's just cool because it, it's just interesting knowing how someone ends up where they are. And yeah, just the journey. Yeah, because I feel like um, all my friends now, like we never ended up where we intended to end up. It just happened by chance and we're just like rolling with the punches and sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like that. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. Like, that just seems to be how it is. You you have yeah. a plan, and then plans don't always work out the way you think they Never. will. And it's just, things just happen. It's, it's yeah. an interesting thing. And yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you been, like, uh, doing YouTube for? Uh, four years. It'll four be years? four wow. years in October. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it has its ups and downs, and... It's how this whole thing works, and it's very interesting seeing people come and go, and mm. the grind of it, and just trying to learn and grow. The, mm. the most interesting thing is it's always been, this is a way to get the artistic feelings out. Mm -hmm. Like, we've done machinimas, we've done, like, some long-form kind of video things, we've done a lot of different ideas. And so mm -hmm. it's a fun way to get just, art, just the wanting to create to come out, I guess, is the right, right way to put right. it. Right, right. 
Yeah, because you get to like edit and stuff, right? And like do all the transitions. You have to make the calls on what kind of storyboard and kind of stuff (laughs) like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all in the head though. Storyboarding would be smart. Uh (laughs) A smart person would storyboard. (laughs) Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I've always like, I've always been kind of curious about um, YouTube as well. Because back in university, like I spent all my time playing World of Warcraft. Oh. Like I, I started playing uh, right before Burning Crusades came out, so like I got a little taste of you know what vanilla WoW was like, and I really liked it, and, like all the raids and stuff. And I would help uh, my guild co-lead some raids, so that was pretty fun. And it was actually World of Warcraft that kind of ex- inspired me to to go into games oh. because like um, they've created like such an empire of like intricate stories and uh, relatable characters that you really feel attached to and um from this i was like oh it's like i i want to create something like that for people you know whether it's like a sense of escapism to kind of like um not distract them but i guess kind of like help them cope with like daily life issues that they might have so yeah that was really what got me inspired into um going into the game industry interesting hearing that because yeah gaming can do that uh well any media can do that Mm -hmm. because everyone needs an escape or yeah like a lot of stories are power fantasy. It's like because mm-hmm. you you're doing a nine to five or just something in life, you don't feel very powerful. And mm-hmm. games can make you feel powerful, or if you feel you want to feel needed, like a white mm, mage. Exactly. White mages feel very needed. Yeah. And also, like you know, like in real life, it's like oh, you know, I'm soft cookie, just some kid on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like in game, I'm like no, I'm 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 milky, you know, like champion of the frozen wastes or something like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was like that with a different MMO, uh, City of Heroes. City of Heroes? I've never heard of that. It, it sounds was, very familiar, though. It, they're dead now, unfortunately. Uh, but it was from uh, NCSoft. Oh, and th- they made Gunbound, didn't they? Uh, NCSoft? They, they, either, they either made or they published Gunbound. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, they do a lot of games. Like, Lineage 2 was them as well, and Aeon. Oh, okay. Lineage. Okay. Oh, and, Aeon! Okay. Yeah, the Angels everything. It was, it's oh. a little bit older than Aeon. And in yeah. that one... There was so much you could make. You can make a lot of different characters. So you could, they're like kind of superheroes. It's superhero games. So, and villains. So you could make whatever villain or hero you liked. And for me, it was like, I made a dude called the Honey Badger and he was invulnerable and he just didn't care. He was just very, it's like a Honey Badger pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And it was just hilarious doing that and then just made like these different superheroes in mind and it was just funny. And it was just, get like, I can be these kind of different characters. It was just really fun. And it was just cool. And that's what games do. They allow you to just be creative and be what you want, which is very fun. They do. They do. Like, I'm very happy to see this industry growing because, like, back then when I left school, I was like, people are like, oh, what's a game designer? You know, what is that? Are you like a programmer or are you like an artist? And it was like a path that you had to pick between. Like, no one really knew what a game designer did other than either programming or art. And like now with like um, the explosion of like this whole industry, you know, there's different jobs, like there's streamers, there's YouTubers, um, there's UX designers and UI designers, and there's all sorts of different jobs that opened up for people, mm-hmm. which I think is really nice. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see, like, considering how old we are, we were, we started, mm-hmm. with, in our infancy was the infancy of gaming at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, as we've matured, so is gaming. It's really, it's really the best way to look at it. And so it, it's just gotten older and gotten more grown up and has gained more just things that can be done, just like how a person grows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
it's just fascinating seeing all the different parts. Like with this podcast, I want to try to get those different people. Some of them might be a little more dry than others, <laughs> considering. <laughs> but it would be fascinating to know just what, how that all works and what they need to do and such like that. Right, right. And it like gaming is an ocean, and you could look it at is. Steam right now. Mm-hmm. There's like a hundred games a week coming out. Yeah, as, it's crazy. As a content creator, as a YouTuber and a streamer, it's like, what do I play? <laughs> It's like, how do I even keep up with all these games, right? Yeah, there's so many gems. And that's one of the things I worry about, and I think for you, like a community manager, you got to worry about too, is uh, mm-hmm. the good games getting just lost in the sea. And like Halcyon 6 getting lost in the sea. Like, mm-hmm. what are the concerns with me getting heard and being noticed, I suppose? Um. Well, from my understanding, um, to get featured on the Steam page, um, you have to have positive reviews and positive ratings. And you can only achieve this if people play our game. So uh, one way we direct our players to play our game is through social media, because social media has such like a global reach that um, if you like, for us, like we target uh, the strategy player. So like usually um, at Gamescom, like there were a lot of strategy players like in that the the German demographic for some reason. Mm. So like. Starting with Gamescom, we actually had a lot of people coming by our booth. And um, from there, we would hopefully direct them to the Steam page so that they would buy the game and play it and leave like a good and positive review. So that's one way of doing it. Hmm. Like, I know that Steam Direct released like a ton of games over like the past few months. And like, it is very easy to get lost. But at, and at the same time, this way, um, they also filter out through a lot of bad games because um, people don't really. Re- like rate up bad games or write positive reviews, right? Mm. So I guess in a way it kind of like filters out the good games and the bad games as well. So okay. yeah, that, those, those are my thoughts on it. It's good hearing your thoughts on that. Just mm. different thoughts, just whatever yeah. people think. Because like from content creator side, it's just been like, there's just a sea of games. And there's just some really good ones. And, and you don't want to see anyone fail. You want to see people succeed yeah. so they can make the mm-hmm. next game and the next one. Because... Mm-hmm. The first game an indie makes, sometimes it's the only one they make, and it's very unfortunate because there's so much potential to it. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting with Halcyon 6. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not play Star Commander Edition. I, I've only played Lightspeed Edition. I saw it, but I was like, curious, but I never really... I, got, I didn't buy it back then. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting thing to see between this and Darkest Dungeon, because Darkest Dungeon did a similar thing that Halcyon 6 did. Uh, they, they basically did a Lightspeed Edition as well, but they called it Radiant mm-hmm. Mode, and it's just mm-hmm. in Darkest Dungeon. Because mm-hmm. what it is is they oh, so just... it's like an update to the game, or was it just like a, a mode uh, it's that you another, can play? Because you can do Star Commander Mode and Lightspeed Edition, like, you get both copies Yeah, you get Steam. both copies. Yeah. Essentially, it's just both are in there, though. Because... Oh, okay, okay. So it's but the same game, okay. Because my understanding is... It, it cut down the grind is mm-hmm. my notes on Halcyon 6 is you guys cut down the grind mm-hmm. and you just you revamp some things just made it a little bit easier but also just maintaining the spirit of the game and Darkest mm-hmm. Dungeon did the same thing but what they did is it's just a new mode in their game while Halcyon 6 you guys did a second release and mm-hmm. releases are those are the big times to get to get noticed mm-hmm. is my son's show I think that's probably why Lightspeed Edition came out yeah yeah and, well, I guess I just assume, assumed the thing I was about to ask is, like, is that the reason? <laughs> and also because, like, um, we want a lot of our older players to return to the game. So that's why uh, we, we released the Lightspeed Edition. So, yeah. Okay. I, I think 
Yeah, because like um, I know that like a lot of people are really happy to receive a free copy in their Steam library as well. <laughs> so yeah, that was why we de- I think we decided to publish on like a new SKU. Okay. Yeah. Because like I know like releases the the they get some more attention. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that the comic book industry does. Yeah. I think yeah. about that like Marvel and DC, they just keep making a new issue number one because that drives mm-hmm. sales. Yeah. And it yeah. feels like kind of like that as well. When you make a new edition, may as well as yeah. That was like it. the same intention that we had. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Because thanks to that, it got my attention. I was able to play it, and I recommend it. And thankfully, some viewers did buy it. So that's great. Yay! Thank you. That's the hope. <laughs> is when you're doing YouTube and everything is well. There's different things you want to make people happy. I think gamers. I mean, game developers feel the same way. You want to make people feel something with your games, entertain mm-hmm. people. And for me, well, driving sales, like getting people to buy the games I think are worth buying. So that you guys can make more games. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. At least I think that's what the relationship should be. I guess. And... <laughs> yeah, like we we try like very hard also on like our social media to kind of um, push people to our Steam page so that they can also buy the game as well. Mm. Yeah, social media is definitely like a a really big platform that has grown over the years and also keeps on evolving every single year. So, like as a community manager, it's also very important to me to, le- to learn the ins and outs of all like the social media platforms and I guess learn how to best communicate to the audience that way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, the question I have is um, community cultivation is yes. the thing because like there's a difference between how you got to do it and I got, well, there are probably a lot of similar similarities, mm-hmm. but it's like trying to get people interested in your game. Like for me in your product, I guess for me, it's myself as the product for you. It's getting people interested in Halcyon six. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you go about trying to get people interested in the game, I suppose? And mm-hmm. then wanting them to stick around and try to get more people interested. Okay, so at I'll start with Gamescom because that was like that was like my first big convention in which oh. I was like actively um explaining to people on like what our game is about. So at Gamescom, what I did was that I tried to appeal to like the strategy players by like saying, oh, you know. Do you like space, like sci, like space strategy RPG? And they're like, oh, you know, they start looking because you know, space and strategy and RPG. They're like, oh, these are the three three key words that we're interested in. Huh. So they immediately start lining up. And then I would start um, also explaining how it's it's kind of like how XCOM kind of meets um, Star Trek with a turn based RPG. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. this checks off everything that I like on my list. And they always stick around to watch. And I feel like um, properly, you know, giving like benchmarks for people to compare your game to is very important because like, you know, they recognize titles like FTL, XCOM, Star Trek. And like when we mention these names, they get very excited. And then that's when they start, I guess, like paying attention more to like what our game is about. Because I remember like saying these exact words and we had like a whole crowd around our booth at Gamescom. And it was so hard, hard to get everyone to play the game because everyone would want to stay on for like playing the game for like at least like half an hour. So it it was it was it was a good it was a good turnout. But at the same time, like for strategy games, um, it's, it's certainly a, ga- a genre where you have to sit down and where, where you have to like sort of you know pay attention to all the the text and all like the methods that you come up with on how to manage your resources properly while at the same time, you know, fending off different aliens and at the same time you have to like build your base and expand. So there's a lot of micromanagement as well. So I feel like um, 
a lot of the, like, it was like a certain demographic that would just, was just immediately like just drawn in like that. And I guess uh, for me, it was very easy to appeal to the audience by saying like certain keywords, like, oh, you know, turn-based strat, turn-based combat, strategy, RPG, and uh, things like that. Interesting. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense. The keywords, like, not, about to say buzzwords, but yeah, the keywords mm-hmm. that'll get their attention and mm-hmm. yeah, like strategy. Just to give stuff. like have like a like properly like angle, I guess, the game so that people kind of understand quickly, like wrap their heads around like what kind of game they sh- they're expecting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's smart because they they'll know what what they're yeah expecting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that works out. So Gamescom is in Cologne, Germany, right? So yes. it must smell amazing there. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> All the beer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, German beer, very popular. Well, I got <laughs> scarf cider. Oh, yeah. We should take a drink. <laughs> we'll see how this podcast goes downhill. <laughs> it gets, like, progressively worse, like, snowballing down. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a glorious snowball, I'm sure. Awesome. Best podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Yeah. yeah, Cologne, Germany and everything. Uh, that's the other thing I'm wondering about is when it comes to, like, you're, you're Gamescom. That's a huge, like, how how big is it? Can, like, you just, just oh. rows and rows of games. It's just, is there any way to describe how huge that thing is? Uh, the way I would describe it is like, hmm, okay, there's a really big hall. <laughs> it, it's like... There are people with scooters going across the hall because it's huge. Ooh. Like a lot of the staff that were that was like setting up the place before it opened, everyone was on like a scooter or something, and they would like ride across the hall because it's it's freaking huge. Wow! And then just when you think you've had like you've got like a sense of the place, you would like walk into another hall that you didn't even know existed. So yeah, yeah, I, was, I think it was like the biggest convention I've been to. Um, there are approximately three hundred and sixty thousand. attendees this year i think yeah alone and it was pretty crazy because each day like there would be new faces shuffling through and like for me explaining like a strategy rpg game like um we had to basically (laughs) teach people how to play like from the ground up so we would spend at least i would say 10 to 15 minutes per person explaining on how to get a grasp of the game which was very, very tiring for us because there was a lot of talking. Whereas like um, some other studios, they would just like put on their demo and you know, let it run and they would just sit there and do their thing. And if people <laughs> had questions, you know, they would ask them. But we learned for next time, um, we're going to create like a separate bill for demo purposes yeah. that would walk people through the game. And if they had any questions, they would ask us. That's what I was <laughs> yeah, wondering. It's crazy. It, it, like we, there was only like, I think five, five of us or four of us actually, uh, actively manning the booth, and we would like switch on and off. But yeah, it was like we had to work like at least twelve-hour days, starting from nine and ending at eight thirty. But usually, people like stay behind and you know talk and stuff. So it always kind of end at nine. Then we go out to network after. Yeah, and then we would go home. And yeah, it was definitely a crazy week. <laughs> That's what I was wondering about. Is yeah, you also had to do networking and yeah schmoozing is the word i I believe is the key word there what helps is german beers everywhere that really helps i'm sure yeah it's crazy i i love how the the culture is like you know it's like 10 a.m and someone like gives me a beer i'm like what what (laughs) it's like no no it's only 10 it's not even 12 yet it's like what are you doing it's not even 12 on a tuesday 
Oh, and they're like, yeah, you know, you know, prost, like cheers. So then, like, yeah, that's great. That was, yeah, so like, I pretty much drank. I think I've drank enough beer in that single week compared to like my entire life. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> great. Drink. Yeah, but it was very fun. Everyone was very receptive to the game. They're very friendly, and you know, you know how it is at cons. Like people are always so friendly and very supportive of each, of each mm-hmm. other. That's why I love going to these conventions because you kind of like feed off the energy that everyone gives off, and it's a very like nurturing and positive environment. Yeah, people are really positive, unless it's fanboy co- combat. But yeah, uh, yeah, very positive. I just I had to look at numbers. Comic Con is about almost two hundred thousand. So I go to that every year. So just considering double the size, basically, because you said like thirty six. Yeah, that's the one in San Diego, right? Mm -hmm. The SDCC. I've never been to that one. How is that one like? Cramped. Um, (laughs) just imagine it's just wall to wall human humanity. Just uh, and you're just like walking, just like penguins. Yeah, you just you're penguin walking at all times, and not everyone understands the concept of uh, of deodorant. Unfortunately, uh, doesn't no. help out. Uh, <laughs> air conditioning cannot overcome. Uh, it just can't <laughs> overcome that many people. But it's because it is movies, games, comics, TV shows. It is l- books. Music is there too. Everything in like there. one spot. It's yeah. It's literally everything's here. So it's all crammed in there. I think the worst years ever were the Twilight years. Oh my god. What? They had Twilight? At, yeah. at, what? Because, because of the movies. So ah. uh, Twilight was there and so many aggressive teenage girls during that time. <laughs> team Edward! <laughs> Very much. I was Team Edward, alright. Oh, yes. I love you. <laughs> um, it's, it's all about Jacob. We all know this. It's, it's <laughs> no. <laughs> We can't be friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Which one's Edward again? That's uh, a vampire. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Well, at least he shot you. Look, he's useful. He can shine. Yeah, he can, he's, he's like glitter. He shines Wait, like glitter. I was gonna say he glows in the dark, but that's only when he's in the sunlight. So that's actually useful. Wait. <laughs> Wait a sec. Wait. <laughs> like I have a sister, so she was way into that. She was way into uh, Twilight. Uh, so. Uh... She was going crazy when I was at Comic Con. Because, <laughs> like, it's the local con for me, is Comic Cons. And it's fun to okay. make that local con because it's so huge. Mm. But yeah, it's just humanity just scrunched together. And TwitchCon was here last year. And it was, it's weird seeing another con there not be as insane. Because it's only gaming, so it still had a lot of people, but not as many. There was at least room to move around, thankfully. Mm. You got to meet devs there as well. And it's uh-huh. fun meeting devs. It's really fun meeting devs and the community people and everything. At, at Twitch? Yeah, TwitchCon was fun meeting them. Uh-huh. Like, I met Yizbrid people. Like, uh, they did games like uh, Masquerada and Valhalla, the bar game. Like, it, Oh, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. they were there. It was nice meeting them. Uh, they were showing Needhog 2 there. Uh, oh, I love Needhog. I like so Nidhogg fun. 1. <laughs> Nidhogg 1's really fun. It's a it's fun ca- couch game. Yeah, it's a really fun couch yeah. game. Nidhogg 2, I, I'm really uncomfortable playing, because it's Homer Simpson murdering Homer Simpson. And what? that just doesn't feel right for me. <laughs> it's just the I've visuals. i to play that. <laughs> yeah, it's just picture the Simpsons killing each other. That's what Nidhogg looks to me. So oh, like, God. <laughs> I was fine with the really bad graphics in the first one. <laughs> now it's too... It, like, it's, it's over... Like, it's over... <laughs> Arted now. I'm like, ah, no, oh, I don't feel it. 
<laughs> I can't think of a better word. It's well, apparently just as fun or more fun, but I'm like, I just can't handle Homer Simpson killing Homer Simpson. It's just so bad. I'll have to like give it a give it a shot to see what it's like. <laughs> but I, I I tried it out and like Rami Ishmael was there, which mm -hmm. is he's pretty pretty interesting guy. Um, just uh, there's like Vermintide. I can't remember their company. Right? Uh, there's Fat Shark. I think they're called or let me check. Just meeting a bunch of the. There's so many indies out there. Like, who knows who you know who you don't know. After. Yeah, there's like a huge, like, huge influx of just Thousands. indie studios like opening up and stuff. Yeah, yeah which I actually really like because mm -hmm. I feel like um, indie developers kind of explore different genres that like triple A won't really touch. Yeah, simply because like it's not within their monetization strategy. So I feel like a lot of indie projects are kind of like born from passion, and mm -hmm. which I really appreciate. For sure. That's this is the thing I like about indies is they fill niche they fill a niche because they want that. Yes. Like the guy who made Stardew Valley, he wanted Harvest Moon <laughs> online. I mean Harvest yeah. Moon on computer and he made it. There you go. Um I'm a big fan of bullet hells and shooters and well I I'm a very collector. I like everything. But I really like <laughs> tower defenses and bullet hells. And oh, a game just came out that's a mix of kind of both of those things where you're a ship uh -huh. that's shooting, but you're also building towers. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, it took them five years to make it. And I'm like, I, this is why I like indies, because they will fill a niche. They'll do a thing that mm -hmm. no one else is mm -hmm. doing, and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, like, on another side is Dauntless. They're making Monster Hunter Online, basically. Unfortunately for them, Monster Hunter Online is also coming right now as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like... <sighs> I've never played it, but it looks really good. But, like, if it were to come out for PC, I would... Definitely That's what's play. coming. Um, Dauntless yeah, yeah. is going to be uh, free-to-play, Monster Hunter Online. They're going to have their own ideas. But then Monster Hunter Online itself is coming as well. And so it's like uh -huh. the AAA uh -huh. and the indie version are coming. Support the indie. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> for me, I've spent literally thousands of hours on Monster Hunter. Uh -huh. uh, it is a game that you could, if you only had to buy one game, if you had mm -hmm. nothing else, you could buy, if you could only afford one game a year, because that's just how life is. Monster Hunter could be that game. It has so many weapons you can play with and make mm -hmm. and armors and different enemies and everything. It gives you so much to do that mm -hmm. that could be your one game of the year. It's one of those games that has so much high replay value. And like the, the world is like, is it really like um, vast? It has. Like there's, is there like some, like, uh, some part of the universe that you haven't explored every time you do like a playthrough? No, for that I've one... never played myself personally, but I've, oh. I've watched videos of people mm -hmm. um, playing, and it does look really fun. It, it's set maps, but it's like you have like five to like ten maps, and sometimes the bosses are mm -hmm. gigantic. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, one is the Gen Moran, which is, it's basically like you're fighting a sandworm from Dune. Those things mm -hmm. are gigantic. Oh and yeah, you're fighting it by using like sand ships and shooting cannons as it at it and harpooning it and then jumping mm -hmm. on its back and putting bombs on it and it's really epic and huge, and it's just a really cool concept. And there's just it's just a bunch of enemies and crafting. It's a very fun game. It's a very fun game. Capcom does a good job with it. They try to basically fill up the entire cartridge when they make these games, which is awesome, and they're very passionate about it. That's why I like it so much. And that, and they also make free DLC with there's no strings attached to it. It's all free DLC. They don't ask for anything from it, which is I've, I've never heard of free DLC for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like you hear it this year would be uh, Monster Hunter, 
And yeah. then Battlefront 2. But it's EA, so nobody has uh, a good feeling about yeah. that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, free deal. See, that's awesome. And then you hear uh, Golden Yoda chest. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, we're not getting $3. free DLC. <laughs> Yeah. But there's going to be gotchas, basically. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. here. There always is. <laughs> it's unfortunate, which is, that's why I appreciate Capcom doing actual free DLC yeah. with Mar Monster, vs Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they also make things like Mar Marvel vs. Capcom and Street Fighter games and stuff like that. And in the past, they've been shady where they had DLC on the disc that you had to buy. Mm -hmm. Which is not the best practice. <laughs> but that's, that's Capcom for you. Yeah. But Monster Hunter is something that's nice. Both sides of the coin, a AAA company giving free DLC, no strings, and the other one giving free DLC, and you know there's going to be something shady going mm -hmm, on, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see what happens. But I definitely am interested in getting uh, to play Monster Hunter. Like, the reason why I'd never played before is that, like, I'm more of, like, a, a PC gamer, so, like, it never came out for PC, so unfortunately yeah. I never got to play it. That's why I'm so happy it's coming, finally. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you can also team up with other people. Like, it's multiplayer, yeah, uh, multiplayer uh, online, right? It's going to be drop or... in, drop out. Oh, okay, okay. Which is awesome. Oh. Like, mm, nice. they made a bunch of improvements. Like, every game has a lot of improvements to it. Right. I'm, I'm selling the crap out of Monster Hunter right now. Yeah. It's like, are you sure but, you're not being endorsed by Monster Hunter? <laughs> but I wish, oh, I wish <laughs> I was. Um, I'm proud to you by Monster Hunter. Uh, <laughs> at Comic-Con, uh, they... There, uh, they had a, a panel, it was packed, and there were hundreds of people outside wishing they could get in. Wow, there are some enthusiasts, and it, it's just such a fun hardcore game. But yeah, it's gonna be on PC, and they, they're gonna make it more user friendly, which is good. So, for people who are mm. gonna be new to it, because yeah, this will be the first time it's gonna be on PC. Ooh, it's I'm excited, <laughs> definitely. It's gonna be the first time it's gonna be on Xbox as well. It started on PlayStation, and then it transitioned uh -huh. to Nintendo, yeah, because I remember it was like on the DS, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it, that was that was weird. Yeah, so playing Play it on, on the, the DS. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. It's it's uh, there's an attachment that makes it easier because yeah. you don't have two sticks on it. But it's um, it's good. It's good, really fun. Yeah. And so on would PC, you say that it's your favorite game? That's hard. <laughs> You're like mm. <laughs> I I play what, too many. What is your favorite game? Uh, it's it's always up there. Every time the game comes out, it's in the top ten every year. Um, for sure, it's it's good. Like, it's a very good hardcore game that has a lot of replay value. Like, I'd put it up there with, like, GTA has a lot of replay value. Um, if you're a COD person, of course, that has a lot of replay value. Like, <laughs> like I'm just the saying in general. The is so toxic for COD, I would not touch yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I know you mentioned HOTS. Um, League of Legends, one of the worst communities ever. Yeah, like, it was funny, because for me, I was I started playing League of Legends, like, in the the beta stages when like Ooh. everyone was like kind of learning the game and like everyone was kind of like a noob so i, was, I felt like i fit right in yeah <laughs> so because like everyone was just learning the game all the mechanics and everything and then over the years it just got exponentially worse and worse like people like i would miss a creep and people were like oh you know i wish you had cancer <laughs> i'm like what, like, what? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah what I... yeah it's like it's so toxic and like for the community i see like some kids on the street like I, I or like over or I overhear conversations of some kids like oh yeah I got banned the other week for you know being so toxic like they're they're bragging about it I'm like this is not something you brag about yeah. like what the hell it's something I, I worry know. about um yeah like this competitive nature it's it, like depending on which side of you're on like it can be healthy and unhealthy 
but like I feel like there needs to be a balance between the two for sure. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, you can be really too competitive or just not competitive. Uh, depending yeah. on which, if you're unranked, you need to be just very competitive for sure. Yeah, if but you're not playing to the casual, point where you're rude to people because like oh, I've yeah. seen some people who are just straight up rude whenever someone does something wrong. It's like that's not how you get people to you know cooperate. So yeah, this is the one thing <laughs> that I don't understand, and I can only chalk it up to maturity is if you're make if you're digging into your teammate, you're not going to make them play better. No, it's never going to happen, and it's like. You you can't browbeat someone into being better. No, you just can't. They just won't you can, get better. You can guide them by like maybe explaining you know certain things or maybe like advising them in a very constructive manner. Mm. But like I feel like most of the time people are so defensive, defensive and aggressive that like these games never turn out right. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. It's just, it There's feels just like... so much salt. <laughs> yeah. A mountain of it. So much. Yeah. yeah. If only League of Legends could find a way to use all that salt to make ice cream, they'd make a fortune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why I really appreciate um, like our, our game community, because like I feel like our demographic is full of, um, I guess, older older like male audience, like dads. Mm-hmm. So usually like I find them to be very constructive and very polite because obviously, you know, they have kids. Well, some of them have kids, right? Yeah. So you know, they have a lot of patience in dealing with certain things. And like whenever um, they talk to us on the forums, it would always be in a very constructive manner. They would never be super negative or anything. Like we have a pretty good community for Halcyon 6. Like everyone is super helpful. Everyone always chimes in whenever someone needs help with something. And like oh. two of our super fans have curated like a, a mega guide into playing our game for uh, for newbies. So that's been really helpful and nice, nice. of them. Yeah, I really yeah. love our community. That's good. To, that's good to hear. Uh, wasn't so fortunate. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's very easy to manage. That's like, good. Uh, then, like all, everyone's pretty nice, so I, I'm very happy. That's great. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, I don't know if you ever played the game Smite. That was. Oh, a, I, I've heard of it. Okay, so it was a third-person MOBA, and I made a bunch of guides for it. For I, part of the start of this channel was Smite. Like there was the main channel we oh. did, and we got thousands mm-hmm. of views and thousands of followers from that. And there were there's going to be toxic people. It's a MOBA, and yeah, trying to cut out the negative parts is not easy to do because you're always it's, worried about losing well people. Yeah, that's a scary thing. But it's nice, it's nice for you that you it's had a very, It's good. better to cut off the toxic people than to let it fester, even if it means that you do lose people. Learn that the but hard like, way. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I I did I did have some instances where people got frustrated with their game because they encountered like a certain bug uh, and they ended up like pouring hours into this game because they thought that, you know, like this bug was, wasn't supposed to happen, but it did anyways. So they did kind of like, I guess they kind of like um, lashed out a little bit, but it was understandable. Cause like for me, like, you know, if I paid for a game myself and I was pouring all this time into it and, you know, I keep running into this issue, I would also be like a little bit frustrated as well. Right. So I responded by being apologetic and, you know, just immediately, like, uh, offering how to, like, fix the problem. And, like, immediately, right away, they, like, turned, like, did a 180. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for my behavior before, blah, blah, blah. I was very frustrated. So, like, it turned out well in the end. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel so nice. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. Nice. Like, these are the stories yeah. you rarely hear, but it, it does happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's very easy to just see someone wishing cancer upon everything. 
very unfortunate. Yeah, it's very easy to lash out because you don't deal with like a face-to-face interaction. I was always like behind a computer screen. Hmm. So it is easy to like lash out when you don't really know who you're lashing out against, I would say. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So YouTube. YouTube, hmm. the adpocalypse happened. So YouTube's like, well, we're scared. And so they started putting guidelines on things, and it's more family-friendly oriented kind of guidelines. Mm-hmm. To the point that, well, YouTube's such a big beast, they need bots to do a lot of things. And their algorithm has started to hit people for uh, more, like, violent games. I have, mm-hmm. I have a friend who got a copyright strike, not copyright strike, community strike, which does the same thing for having a Doom LP. And oh. people on Reddit also said the same thing, where they got struck and they had their videos removed because they were doing Doom. It's they got, like, Doom before, like but... they removed it from their channel, like, altogether, or? They got, they got, uh, they got demonetized, and then they got hit with a strike. Oh, wow. And it's like, ooh, that's not good, because violent games, and some games that are big, or like Doom, Doom is very violent, uh, <laughs> those are things people play, and they do things on so yeah like i grew up with (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me it was doom 2 played that for a very long time but um oh that's interesting because of that i wonder if it will impact youtubers to want to do less violent games and how would that affect maybe a community manager if you were maybe managing a game like doom or like halcyon 6 does have some violence with their green shirts they die yeah, horrible but, ways. But they're but, cute pixels. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, ugh, but aww. I don't you know? think you'd get flagged, but if you were managing something like Doom, I guess, like, what yeah. would, how would that affect your mindset when approaching content creators, I suppose? This is hard, because for Doom, like, like, I, I haven't played the new Doom, but, like, um, I don't know if they have a setting in which, like, you can, like, kind of, you know, um, Oh. Well, for our game, we actually have a setting where you can, like, turn off the gore. Oh, okay. But, like, but when you click on it, it actually doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you can't turn off the gore in our game. <laughs> that was just, like, a little Easter egg we put in where it's like, oh, you can try to turn off the gore, but you actually oh really God. can't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess wow. no one really tried that because no one tried to turn off the Everyone, I guess, they kind of enjoyed the gore. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I just assumed it's just a thing. I didn't think there was a button. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but like I know, like I know that some other games, like uh, they also have this feature where you can turn off the gore hmm. and the blood and stuff. And I don't know if Doom has that. That's something I have to probably play for myself to find out. Yeah, but it's kind of tough because they have already released like a whole game that's like pretty much set on killing demons. You know, and um, it's really tough because I feel like, um. Especially, I guess, like, YouTube, they release these guidelines to kind of protect, like, the younger audience. It's or I don't know what their intention was. Was it to, like, kind of... It's to like, do that because of advertising. Because they want family-friendly. They don't like rated R, I suppose. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is tough, because, like, the way I look at it, it's like, um, uh, we can't really shield like the younger children or younger audiences like from gore and blood and or whatnot but i think like we can teach them how to be mindful of certain things like i don't, I don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> but bear with me here but like i guess uh, as a ch- as a child like um 
I did watch a lot of gory and bloody stuff because of my dad. Because <laughs> he was into that, like, you know, the, like those genres of like hack and slash. And yeah. like, I would always be sitting beside him, just watching him play games and stuff back then. But like, it never, I guess, like, I don't know why. I guess, like, I guess uh, people want to censor that from children to make it more family friendly. But honestly, like, for me, like, I was exposed to that at a very young age. But hey, I, I turned out fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, I hope. I don't know. But I think it's it's more about parents and and guardians teaching people or teaching kids and younger audience how to be more mindful of these things instead of just trying to censor everything. That's what I think. I don't, I don't know if that answers the question at all. <laughs> it does, but it's an interesting conversation. Uh, yeah. For me, it was, uh, yeah, just games and there's always the gory games like you get mortal kombat during our up yeah. one up when we're growing up there's mortal kombat and uh yeah doom like mm -hmm. for me it was uh for me it was doom 2 I, I didn't get to play doom until later but i played a lot yeah. of doom 2 and what it was is my dad goes to the bowling alley and he brings me with him and he's he's friends with the pro shop owner and the pro shop guy just has a computer and he has doom 2 on there oh awesome i was like <laughs> so every time at the bowling alley i'm playing doom 2 and if he's too busy, he's got to use his computer. Well, then I huh. go to the arcade at the bowling alley, and it's got Mortal Kombat. It's got Killer Instinct. It's yeah, got these exactly. things. There's mm -hmm. always been violence and everything. Yeah, but you turned out fine, so. Yeah, let's believe yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both turned out fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the human condition is we don't all become psychopaths. I just, yeah. It's just such a silly thing. I, I don't know why it's always been such... Video games have always been a punching bag. Yeah. It's very annoying. We've always been a punching bag. Just people like, who like games and people who make games. Like you guys making games and everything. I don't make games. I play them. But, um, because I said we. Yeah, I'm not included in that part. <laughs> no, um, but you're a very but, part, important part of the community in which, you know, you, thank yeah. You, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the dream is to get really big at that, is to be able to guide people towards the awesome games. Because mm. there's so many games that... You, even I don't know about. I'm like, holy crap, that's a great game. I'm glad I'm playing it now. Yeah. And so that's the beauty of indies. Oh, we're going over to this now. <laughs> you drank, I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. I think you need to catch up to me. I'm almost done. It's a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Why not? Let's, let's toot the horn of indies. Like, the beauty of indies is... Like you said, they can f they can do all these different ideas that AAAs aren't willing to do. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I feel like they're the ones who are able to engage people, not just through power fantasy, but in other emotions as well. Right, right. Um, you, example would be Undertale. I don't know if you ever played Undertale. I've tried to get into oh. it, but I just suck at it. It's, I don't know why. Okay. It's so different. Uh, like I end up killing everyone by accident. <laughs> I don't I don't want to kill them, but like I can't avoid so I have to kill you. I'm a murderer. Just so I don't, I don't want to be. You're making me do this. Stop walking into my knife. Stop. Yeah. yeah. But like it's games like that and also I feel like um story driven games have been becoming really popular because I feel like since the dawn of time, like humankind has always been drawn to passing on our knowledge, like through stories, and in a sense, like this is what we do with games as well, or games with great stories. Like, um, oh, let me pull up my favorite quote by Troy Baker. Oh my, okay. Troy Baker. <laughs> <laughs> if gameplay is a needle, then story is a thread, 
and together they weave an experience that transcends simple entertainment into a fervent desire to embark on a journey over and over again. It's like, that's, oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Right? Who did he steal it from? But as <laughs> I know, I was like, I was that's like, Google, where did he steal it from? I don't know if he came up with it or if someone wrote it for him, but that was amazing. Like that quote stuck with me because I, I remember watching like the the video game awards and I was just crying at, at yeah. this at this. <laughs> that's a pretty good quote because yeah, it's it gave birth to like or it didn't give birth, but like um. The narrative genre gave birth to a lot of good games, like um, that Dragon Cancer. Oh Have god, that game! That game yeah. has broken so many people because ah. it's it's. Oh my god! It's <laughs> I'm just like my heart. Like it's not like because because it's in game forms. If you look at it on a technical standpoint, don't do that because it's not about that. It's uh, it's about the narrative of it and what they're dealing with. And it's just like <laughs> it's, it's like such they just a had tough a story. subject. They just had a story that they wanted to share with the world, and they sort of, um, I guess, let people experience this journey with them. And yeah. maybe they want to share, like, hey, for anyone else who's out there, you're not alone. Like, we're let's all experience this together and support each other. And th- that is what I find beautiful about indie games is because they allow, um, they're very relatable, and they allow other people in to experience the same feelings that they feel. Uh, a good one uh, would be the night, uh, night in the woods. Oh yes, yes. I that's on my playlist. Ooh. I've been mean to play it. I haven't played it yet, but I really want to because um, it just looks so good. And I think it explores issues about mental health, in which I'm also. I think it's very important. Yeah, so you were going for psychology at a point, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just you're already gonna play it, but just talking about it, it's. It's such a game that's relatable for m- millennials, very much so. Uh, I related to like every character in some way. Every character in that in that game is like, yeah, I've had that feeling. I've had those thoughts. Mm-hmm. I've gone through things like that. It's the game has some points where they have some conversations that are very real conversations, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just such a good narrative game. Uh, and you you can explore and run and find all these other things and meet just random characters, have random conversations, and it's just. They're animal people, but they feel so human. Is a good yeah. way to put it. Is just they just feel very human. On the other side of it is, I'd say, like Life is Strange. I don't know if you played that. I was about to mention that game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Life is Strange. <laughs> so so you you played it completely? Just yeah, yeah. Because before the sun's coming, but um, that game narrative wise is amazing. And some people are like, there's no way people are like this. I'm like, no, I I remember people kind of like this and. Uh, very much. I don't want to admit it, but uh, the artist guy who hooks up with uh the Asian girl was it named Brooke? I think Brooke was it the girl with the drone? The, drone, the girl with the drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I look just like him in high school. I look <laughs> just like that guy in high school. I'm like, oh my god, I see me like, right damn, now. Is this me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I see me. The difference is I don't have that accent. I can't draw, but that guy looks just like me. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Like I'm gonna go awesome. be friendly to this guy. <laughs> he needs he needs a friend. I'll talk to him. So I, I want, I'm curious. What did you do? Like what did you choose to do? Okay, okay. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Okay. We will have this conversation at the end after the okay. outro, and okay. we'll talk about that because I do have thoughts. Right. I do have thoughts about that game. So we'll talk about that after. We okay. are approaching the hour, so 
Let's talk um, about one more thing and then we'll outro out and we'll talk about that for anyone who wants to stick around and hear that conversation. Okay. Because we just did the LP for it. And so the ending was just like a couple days ago. Um, and I definitely cried a few times in that game because there's some intense moments. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Uh, but before we go there, I do want to talk to you about, uh, we talked about it a little before and that's crunch because that was ah uh, right on Polygon. They had an article that was kind of saying crunchism is awesome. And just a quick aside to Polygon, they screwed up. <laughs> you don't have to. Because what Polygon what? did, just aside before we talk about crunches, they mm-hmm. put up an excerpt from this guy's book, and he wrote Spec Ops the, Spec Ops the Line, which is an, an mm-hmm. insane game narrative-wise. Mm-hmm. Talking about narrative. Um, but the chapter is, the excerpt is him talking about how awesome crunch time is. How he gets a charge from it. How addictive it is. How, how mm-hmm. great crunch is. And so all the developers on Twitter are like, what the hell, Polygon? Crunch is bad. That's a very bad thing. And he himself said, yeah, that's an excerpt from the book. This is me showing my low point in life, where crunch time was an addiction because he had nothing else. It was filling the void. And Polygon just puts it out there without any context. Yeah, oh, Polygon. (laughs) This is what they do. Polygons, sometimes they're good, most of the time they're not. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh it probably goes where they are but so it just the conversation of crunch time just because i don't get to talk to people who've done developing just thoughts uh-huh. on what crunch time is like firsthand or just secondhand well for me like um during my days as like a game designer um when we would release to the the app store to submit it for review um there were times where we had to stay until like one to two a.m at the office just like finishing everything up, but this didn't occur on like a daily basis. It would like occur like maybe when we when was time for submitting it, which is I wouldn't mind it like the overtime for certain days because you know you just have to do what you gotta do. You know, like when you have to submit something, like yeah, everyone has to stay behind. And but as long as like I think there's a fine line of balance. Like um, I like I've I have people like in the animation industry. Who have worked like crazy week, uh, crazy hours? Like they would pull twelve-hour work weeks. Oh, sorry, not twelve hours. Like twelve hours a day, and um, they would rarely get any time for themselves. But this was all to finish like a really big project. And I think doing this can be healthy, um, depending on your lifestyle and depend because everyone is different, right? Like for me, I don't really have any attachments to anything. Like, my time is pretty much centered around work. But, like, to get something done, sometimes you do have to put in that extra effort. But at the same time, if you do too much of it, it becomes unhealthy because, you know, at this point, all you do is exist to work and not to live. So it's a little bit tricky because there's always a fine line that they walk between. But for me, I've never really experienced anything to that extreme where I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm burnt out. I have to take a break from just life in general. Um, so I, I've been very lucky in that regard. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I think crunch time can be healthy as long as it's in like uh, controlled doses. So like as long as you're not overexerting yourself or overworking yourself for a large amount of time. Because o- over a large amount of time, it kind of builds up and then you get really stressed out. 
you know, maybe some people don't, they don't get to see their family as often, which is also a very big stressor in their lives, especially if they have kids. So yeah, I think crunch time can be good in small doses or healthy doses. Okay. So that's, that, that's my answer. <laughs> Interesting. All right, I'll bring this up. Uh, Night in the Woods developer, they, when this whole thing, they talked about it, they did crunch and they crunched for a long period of time. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, it, it impacted their health. And they're like, they talk to their doctor and like, yeah, you, you effed yourself up. And yeah. And they're, and so they'll never do crunch ever again. And they're like, it's just not, they don't recommend it. It's just a bad thing. So yeah. Oh, uh, I've never necessarily done, well, outside of college. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a workaholic. You have to be when you do YouTube. Yeah. As long as you enjoy it, I feel like yeah. it makes it a little bit more rewarding. It definitely Because does. sometimes you do have to get something done and then you can't really sleep until you get it done. Mm -hmm. Like I really as long as you enjoy it. it, I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I had to show you a machinima or two. Yes, like, please. This took like a hundred hours, and it's like only a minute or two minutes, and it's like oh I, my god, that's what machinimas are. It's like you spend all this time making this thing, and it's just like it was fun making it. I f I feel rewarded for making it, and now uh -huh. that it only has twenty views, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it looks awesome though right mm -hmm. so it, i'm very yeah. proud of it but it's 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 kind of the frustration of all that work goes into it and then nothing comes out of it that oh. i feel that for indies when they make these amazing games and then they mm -hmm. don't get a big reception but there it's, are so many games out there yeah it's dif it's difficult as well because like um as an indie developer like you also have to identify your target audience and make sure you're able to connect with them on a certain level and then show you know show social media like uh the audience on social media what you can do because like i find often like for some indie developers they get so caught up um in their own project that they don't get they don't spend time reaching out to their audience so that sometimes like what they they're often in like their own echo chamber in which they're um it's just full of their own thoughts and ideas of what they think people might like but it might not be an accurate reflection of reality so I think um, it's very important to have like a good balance between knowing your audience and knowing what they want and also knowing your product and what you want to design as well. And you have to like have a good understanding of both of them and how they correlate together in order to make a successful product. Or that's what I think. I think that's, I think that's good thoughts and uh, mm. I could definitely do better on that with YouTube and everything. Uh, yeah. Just retrospective is we do everything, and so it's mm. like, what audience can we? Have? The mm. audience, like the audience, I try to get is people who just have fun. I think is mm. how do you have it? How do you, how do you narrow that down? I guess. Yeah, it's it's tricky because like mm. you like you want to advertise to like a broad audience to get as many reviews as possible, but at the same time, like the more broad you go, I feel like um, get kind of lost in the sea of voices. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's better to go like super niche first and then expand from there. From, from my experience, that's, that's how I've always done it. Mm -hmm. It's to always aim for like the super narrow niche and then expand from there. Because it's easier to, to pinpoint like certain, a certain community that would appreciate um, your product. So yeah, that would be my It certainly makes advice. sense to me. It does. Mm -hmm. um... Yeah. Or that's what I've always done with like um, the games that I've designed or like even with Halcyon 6, like we first, well, I'm still very new to the team, but like 
how we started off first was to pinpoint all the strategy players and then like go out from there because we do have like emergent story like uh story-based events that kind of count as like story uh, emergent storytelling yeah and we do have like tactical crew management or whatever so like we but we did like pinpoint all like the our demographic of oh you know um older male audience and then just try to like expand from there yeah mm-hmm. a lot of things a lot of things to think on yeah uh, one last thing to round this whole thing out uh, i'd like to ask everyone um if anyone's interested in becoming a, a designer, a, a dev of some kind, or a community manager, what advice would you give someone who's interested in that? Oh, oh man, this question stumps me. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm not a pro myself, so I don't know how to like advise people. But um, the way that I did it was, um, first of all, you have to have a really strong passion for whatever you would like to achieve. Um, and always identify what your strengths and weaknesses are, honestly and earnestly, so that, you know, um, yeah, it's always good to be aware of what you're capable of and what you want to do and what your weaknesses are before you try to achieve something. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm just like going in like a, a kind of like a circle, circular argument or like a answer, but, um, it put you on the spot. I, I would, I would. Uh, for me, I would network as often as possible, like go to a lot of socials and tech events because I feel like that was how I built my base um, with like the people I know now. Like I could, I would definitely say that I was a different person than I was two years ago, two years ago. And I spent a lot of my time networking, just like talking to people. And I was always very willing to volunteer my time and um, help other people out. And because I did that, um, people always remember, it's like, oh, you know, she's a girl who helped out with this, or, you know, she did something for this. And then they would always, I guess, call me back to like, um, or they would like ask if I want to work on projects with them, which helped a lot. And, oh, if you want to be like a game designer or developer, I would recommend um, participating in a lot of game jams. Because like a lot of people come together to collaborate on projects and you get a lot of experience that way. And you also get to experience like the real crunch that people do in uh, <laughs> studios. So yeah, game jams. Well, that works. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that is the podcast. We're still going to talk after this outro, but um, <laughs> uh, this has been a lot of fun. And thankfully, we didn't drink too much. Uh, I'm going to finish my drink. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'll drink a bit more. <laughs> Cheers. But um, this has been basically a podcast. It'd be. Definitely, if you want to come back and do another one, I think you've been a very fun guest, for sure. Oh, thank you. You're very, you're very <laughs> good at inciting, like, a lot of thoughtful comments. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. feel good about that. Like, <laughs> want to make this a very, I want to make this podcast worthwhile, for sure, so. Uh, I hope worth- I have been, <laughs> I hope I have proved to be worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, you're worth talking to, you're definitely worth talking to, I think so. So, there you go. <laughs> This has been basically a podcast. I am, of course, Lost Scarf. If you have any feedback and thoughts, uh, let me know, because we want to make this better and greater. And this has been, of course, Jacqueline. Yes. Joy. Uh, community manager of Halcyon <laughs> 6. And you have a shirt, actually. Just show that really quick. Oh, my shirt? Do I stand yeah. up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so there's Halcyon 6. I haven't seen it. There you go. Shirt shot. Yay! Yeah. And it's, it's a fun game. It's a very fun game. Check out our one shot if you haven't seen it. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's just fun. Uh, DS9 meets X, uh, XCOM is the best way I can describe it, and great. I really enjoy it. So, Thank you. <laughs> the drink. <laughs> Thanks for coming by, everybody, and yeah. uh, see you next time. Bye. Thanks for having me. There you go. And if anyone still wanted to hear the Life is Strange talk, let's have that Life is Strange talk. So, oh. um... Just going down the line on this thing, uh, you got like, what did you? Th- oh, what? <laughs> oh, sorry, I like elbowed my blinds. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, mine's right here. But um, uh, life is strange. Uh, the first chapter, like when the time powers kicked in, I was mm. like, oh, like playing the game, like okay, it's just it's just Telltale, okay, whatever. And then time powers happen, like okay, time powers. Like, now oh, I'm shit. interested. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. oh snap, okay. Oh, you got me now. You got me now. <laughs> um but uh chapter two. Did you save Kate or not? I couldn't. I Ooh. couldn't. Cause like for me, I didn't like stooping snooping through people's things, mm-hmm. so I didn't read her laptop uh, yeah. and stuff that you're supposed to do. I just like did what I would normally do in any situation. I didn't like because I felt it was kind of weird, you know, like that person's standing right there in the room. And I'll, am I going to read through her <laughs> laptop? Like, she That's... clearly could see me reading through yeah. her stuff. What so I, I didn't did, do that. Uh, what I Because you do get in trouble with the cheerleader when you do, if you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. But yeah. what I did was, I got time powers. So I'm like, I snooped oh, everything, oh, oh, and then I rewound time. Oh. Like, you're, you're so smart. <laughs> For me, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to, like, disrespect your privacy, so I'm not going to read it. I was oh, like, you're so smart. Damn it. Thank, thank That's you. what I should have done. Thank you. Because I'm like, I got time powers. I'm going to abuse this for a moment. Yeah. So like for me, Kate Marsh died. And I was like, I was, I, I was like so devastated. That that whole thing was intense. I was like, oh my God. Save yeah. her. Save her. Because like, you're at the bottom. You see her jump. And you're like, okay, rewind time. Rewind time. Yeah, yeah. And, you're like, and you get I, like nosebleeds and stuff. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> she's like, I, I guess she just kept hitting rewind by a second and ran up there or something because she's struggling to get up there. And she's like, yeah. my powers are gone. I can only just pull this off. And I pulled yeah. it off. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, <sighs> God. That was amazing. Oh, my God. And it, it's just such an intense thing. It is very intense. And it's because it, it's for reasons. Like, that one hits home mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. Um, it, one is, uh, my viewership knows this. Uh, a couple years back, I did make an attempt. Mm. And I survived. But besides that, like, I'm past it now. I'm past that now. But um, besides that, this channel itself, we've helped people in dark places. Mm-hmm. We're at six uh, preventions. Oh, wow. So, uh, that, seeing that in game form was extremely emotional for me. I'm like, oh. So I cried at that point. Uh, the third, oh, I don't the third day... When you go back and with the picture and save her, uh, Chloe's dad, I'm like, oh my god, you're gonna save the dad? Holy crap. But I'm like, there's gonna be a price to pay for this. There's gonna be mm-hmm. a price to pay for this. And then you see Chloe. You see her in the wheelchair. I'm like, there's the price. Yeah. There's yeah. the price. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, butterfly effect. It just, yeah, it just hits you so hard. Yeah. And you, f- <sighs> she feels responsible. I felt responsible. I'm like, it's like, because you save her dad. But you also you ended up getting her in a wheelchair, right? Right. It's a it's a it's a game that really has like hits a lot of emotional notes because you feel like you relate to the character so much and like you feel like you have like because you have this power that you 
you feel like you're responsible for all the things that happen in the game and that it's in your, like, you feel like you want to save the world because yeah. you have this power. So sure. like whenever, like something like for me, when Kate Marsh died, I felt <laughs> so horrible because like I couldn't save her. And then I just felt like I just failed. Yeah. I did fail, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting thing. Uh, I've seen her at Comic-Con this year. She looks, Kate Marsh? Yeah, she looks just like her, the voice actress. She's just like an adult version of her. That's it. Like, she oh. looks just like her. I'm like, holy crap. Oh my gosh. That's she amazing. had the hairstyle and everything. It was funny. I was like, wow, oh. she looks just like her. And she sounds like her. Like, she, she, Are you sure she wasn't cosplaying? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was at Square Enix and she was talking to uh, the community manager there, the senior oh, community manager. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was talking to him and she's like, if they have more work at Square, let her know. I was like, it's probably maybe if they do more Life is Strange. Yeah. But that was oh, interesting. For the storm. Yeah, before the storm. And uh, chapter four, killing Chloe or not killing Chloe. Yeah. I'm like, damn, girl, can you stop dying? <laughs> and I was like, can you live for a while? Yeah. I tried so hard to keep you alive. <laughs> the funny thing is, before playing Life is Strange, we LP'd a game called Ghost Trick. This is from people who made Phoenix Wright. And in this game, you're a ghost that saves people's lives. You go back ah. in time and save people's lives. And one character dies a lot. I'm like, it's the same thing again. There's a character who can't stop dying. Like, God damn it, Chloe. Stop being this character from another game. Yeah. Why does life hate you so much, Chloe? Yeah. Which, like, really kind of begs the questions. Like, was she actually really meant to die? Or have you been, you know, stopping have, the, the inevitable? Yeah. I don't know. Well, at the end, they try to say that's what you're doing. I don't know. Like, yeah. But at that point, did you kill her or did you not kill her? I did not kill okay. her. So we were in opposites <laughs> I here. Selfish. I was like, ah, she wants it. She's going to die anyway. This is her favorite day. What do I, I do? Selfish. Yeah, I'm like, like, we put a timer. We put a timer. <laughs> That's how long it took me to decide. <laughs> I think it was like three <sighs> something or four minutes. I'm like, I, oh, God. I, don't, I don't know, guys and gals. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Because... Okay, we're doing it. We're, we're just... I'm not even gonna look. I'm not even gonna look while I click. Just... Oh my god. That, that, that so was... tough. That was a very selfless decision. Like, for me, I was like, oh, you know, I'm very in the moment. I'll do... <laughs> I guess I'll do what it takes to, like, you know, hold on to this happiness. And then, yeah. It's so that, that was my. That was my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. And then uh, the Jefferson twist. Uh, what did you think of that? Was that oh Mr. Jefferson? Yeah, oh my Mr. god! Jefferson. I, I knew, I knew he he was a slime ball. Yeah, like the way that he was like trying to be all nice and stuff mm-hmm. and like be all friendly. I was like, "There's something wrong with you." <laughs> I, I can feel it. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it. I and was, I was right. I was kind of mad about that because I'm like, it was too obvious because it couldn't yeah. be Samuel. It because mm-hmm. he's kind of creepy, but he's a nice yeah. guy, and he's yeah, too yeah. obvious. Because yeah, back in the day, like maybe 20, 30 years ago, the creepy guy is the bad guy because that's what the the trope was. Yeah. So it couldn't be but him. That was different. Yeah. And then it, just, it couldn't be uh, Chloe's dad. Mm-hmm. And so it, it who else could it be? It could only be Jefferson. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. I wish I didn't. I wish that wasn't the case. Cause I'm like, I, it was it was a twist that would that needed that was meant to happen. But you uh-huh. just I don't know. I don't know how it could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Straight up shooting Chloe in the face. Like, oh, God, she's dead again. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, Chloe. Not again. The first half of that last chapter is so tough because it's so uh, he's so crazy and you're so kind of helpless. You're not completely because you're yeah. you're Max. 
Mm-hmm. But it, it's so crazy. Because it's a rewind so many times, so yeah. you know, try to get yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also what I like is you do failed rewinds where you're you're doing things that that push you forward a little bit, but it also pushes yeah. you back. Like it was yeah, very yeah, creative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was great. But then you end up just in the you you help uh, David take out Jefferson, which is great mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> oh, I failed that part so many times. Yes, I'm like, my... it's like David just kept dying. I was like, damn it. My thoughts on that is, you're a Marine. What are you doing? Like, no, he's in the Marine <laughs> Army. Like, I know. It's like, come on. It's like I thought you were better. Than this. Yeah, I'm like, you've only been out of active duty for a couple of years. Come on, man. You got <laughs> this. You come on. It, you just like photographer. dying. <laughs> yeah, I dying. know, right? I was like, what the hell? You have to tell him to do everything. Like, yeah. come on, David. And then... Yeah, that part broke immersion for me a little bit, because yeah. I was like, this is really dumb. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. <laughs> but for me, the greatest work of voice acting in that game was his reaction after he learns Chloe's dead. Because I told uh, him. Because you could choose not to tell him. I told him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the voice actor did distraught so well. Like, he was like, he was so unhappy Chloe's dead. Because... <laughs> The whole relationship is they hate each other. Him and Chloe hate each other. But yeah. he, he wants to be her dad. He, he's yeah. trying to be. And he it, just has that like sort of like a defense mechanism yeah. into not being like that, that softy. But mm-hmm. he really does you know, love her as a daughter. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he means well. He just can't pull it off. Yeah. yeah. And now he can't ever because she's dead. And he's just yeah. so unhappy. I'm like that's so Told him. I, I didn't tell him. I was like, I'm oh, going to okay. wait for another better time <laughs> to tell you. It's on that. <laughs> Well, I'm glad is you don't have a choice when it comes to the mother. You just don't tell the mom. You just do not yeah. tell the mom. Yeah, it's true. But it's just because uh, I like voice acting. I've been a fan. Of, so it's funny you mentioned no. Troy Baker. I've been a fan of voice mm-hmm. acting for like years. And that's the other thing is some of the LPs, I'll voice every character as practice because mm-hmm. I want to get better at it. Oh. And so like I like Troy Baker and like Steve Bloom and those guys and, like David Hayter, like Snake. He is Snake. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He's amazing. Uh, like McGlynn, she's like in Sony anime and games and everything. And Laura Bailey. There's some amazing voice actors that you hear them mm. in everything. Yeah. And maybe we won't get to that level, but being, being able to do voices in a game would be awesome. But uh, that was an aside. <laughs> is, was, is that what you're like aiming to do? Like be a uh, voice actor in gaming? That is I, I can hear. I can definitely hear it. Like you, you, you have like a certain like intonation that you can definitely pull off Thank for you. different characters. Thank yeah, you. like uh, I do. Like I, I've done like goblins and Reinhardt and <laughs> uh, Reinhardt. Whoa! Like I, I, I love the voice actor of Reinhardt. He's such a nice guy, and he just because <laughs> there's so many videos of him do like happy birthdays for people or him just being <sighs> friendly to people. He's that guy's just awesome. He like he looks like he's just enjoying being the voice actor of Reinhardt. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And so I like, really like a Diva. Diva's cute. <laughs> she is. She is very cute. <laughs> She's so sassy. Yeah, uh, I and love like, that. And the voice actress is also quite sassy whenever they yeah. do video stuff with her. It's fun. I like how, like, um, like if you take a look at all the voice actors and then you compare it to, like, their, the the people, I guess their characters in-game, they, mm-hmm. they kind of look so... Like, you can, you can kind of, see like, feel their essence. Yeah. Kind of. I want to believe they, they had that in mind when they were doing some of the characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, Blizzard character design, they've always been... They've always, like, over... Mm-hmm. exceeded achieved like the best of the best for, for me it, uh yeah they everyone's so good at the voice work and then there's may like may is may, may. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. and her voice actress, it's like she's so sweet and like cute and everything. Because uh, the whole sorry, like, hey. sorry, 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 is her just doing yeah. that because she accidentally knocked something over? Yeah, in the, she's in being the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that's great. And like, yeah, their characters are great. And their voices are amazing. Mm. And uh, but yeah, I have friends who do like a bridges and stuff like that. And those are pretty interesting. Like, I've considered doing something like that, too. Just the more you do it, the more practice you'll get, the better you'll get. Mm, like, yeah. that's just the way it is. The more you do anything, the better you'll get. And so it's just... That's true. That's true for uh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we're talking about that in Life is Strange. And, because there's so much voice work in Life is Strange. <laughs> yeah. And Max is great. And then you save the day and you're on the plane and you're at the art gallery. You're at the photo gallery. I'm but like, even when you're there, you feel like a sense of like something is about to go yeah, wrong. Yeah. For me, I'm it. like the storm. It's, How yeah. did we forget the storm? Why yeah. are we not? I'm like the storms. It's, Max. It the storm. They have to rewind all the way back and you're just like, your nose starts bleeding. And yeah. I was like, oh, like writing wise, I get it. Like, I've had too many interests. Like, I want to be a writer when I went to college, but I went for computer engineering <laughs> because writers are such a hard thing to do. It is. And, like, writing-wise, I'm like, they showed you the promised land to take it away. That's what they mm -hmm. did. Because you got to see she achieved the dream. Now we're going to take it away. Just to hurt you. Just to hurt Aww. the viewer. To hurt the player. For more and it emotional works. impact. It worked. It did. I'm like, ah, oh, it sucks so much, but she's got to save Chloe. She's not going to leave no. Chloe behind. And so now we get to the ending. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 20 minutes ago um, <laughs> Chloe over the city like I was like hmm you did good you did good though like that's a choice <laughs> I'm like cause my thoughts are they didn't like why is the storm the storm is cause you keep saving Chloe seriously One, you're gonna kill an entire city for one life whatever's causing all this mm-hmm like, my thought process was, warn everyone about the storm, so the storm doesn't kill everybody. But she never does it. The entire time she's doing the Jefferson plot. Uh-huh. And a part of me was like, is she focusing on the Jefferson plot? Because I was thinking, maybe the... I can't remember the name of the family. Nathan's family? Because the Prescotts are so yeah. evil. They are yeah. so evil. I was thinking, is this storm coming to wipe out the Prescotts? Because mm -hmm. if it's coming to wipe them out, I get it, because it's so evil. So if you stop the Prescotts, you stop the storm, because it, it's here to stop such an evil. It's like, no, it's here to kill mm -hmm. Chloe. Uh, Why is it here to kill Chloe? Yeah, I know. I guess it's like, in a sense, it's kind of poetic. It's like some things, it's just like good things happen to bad people, yes. and good things happen I... to good people, and bad things happen to bad people, and vice versa, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like it's more of like a uh, I guess a statement on the inevitability of I, I life so. I guess. Uh, but for me, I just like I felt like the storm wasn't executed as well as it could have been. Like setting it up, mm -hmm. I guess I felt like it could right, have been right. a little bit better set up. And so the way I played the game, I the way I played the game was what would Max do? It wasn't what would I do. It was what would Max mm -hmm. do? And my mindset of Max was. She's kind of snoopy. She's kind of basically, you know, you ever read Jane Eyre? She, mm -hmm. she stares at people. She thinks a lot. She's kind mm -hmm. of snoopy. That's what I, my interpretation of her. But yeah. she means well. Yeah, So yeah. that's she's the way heartless. I played her. Yeah. She's just this kind of a nice person. She's not really selfish, I felt. Like oh. she, she can be a little bit, but she is mostly trying to be kind of selfish. Selfless. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And she just means well. And so that's how I played her. 
-hmm. And it comes to the end. And I'm like, okay, she's either going to get a crap ton of people killed or Chloe dies. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, inside, I'm like, when I was younger, when I was like, it's also dependent on if you made Chloe your girlfriend or not, I think as well. Uh Like for me, because, because Max really liked Jefferson, I thought she was straight. So I played Mm -hmm. her straight, but I didn't know you could make her be with Chloe. I'm like, in my mind, I was like, Chloe's so important to her. She's her best friend. She really loves this person. I'm like, at a younger age, I would say, yeah, I would choose this person over the world. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. choose someone I cared about so much over the world. I'd say, damn everything else. I'm mm-hmm. like, being older, I'm like, how many people, how many people, all these lives, all these people who, who are going to have uh, good days, bad days, just all these things, all these people, or just Chloe. And so I let Chloe die. Like, I made that choice. Oh. What did you, you chose the other way? Yeah, I chose Chloe. <laughs> she's my girl. <laughs> but she's your girl. She is. Chloe's awesome. But it's like. Sacrifice the world for her. <laughs> I'm like, how? Because it's like, it's one life or it's like thousands of Chloe, basically, is how I thought yeah, of it. That's it true. Like, it's one Chloe or a thousand Chloe. Yeah, I mean, it's for, for the greater good. Yeah, I'm like, like for the greater good. I think the character of Max would choose for the greater good. That's... But I was I was playing with my selfish ways. Though. <laughs> I like so how we're I... so opposite on this. <laughs> it's like um, I'm going to choose what I'm going to choose. <laughs> to be honest, I think Max could go either way. And I had ar- uh, not an argument, but a conversation with a friend. For them, for the for the viewers, it's Jinx. Uh, for them, uh, it was the only choice was Chloe, saving Chloe, because mm-hmm. Max. She's so important to Max. There's the only way. And for me, I'm like. I don't think so. I feel like Max would understand that there's so many people and it's Chloe and Chloe herself says sacrifice her. And I Mm -hmm. think kind of the fourth chapter, whether you kill Chloe or not actually impacts what you do later Mm because Chloe asked you to kill her before she's asking you to do it again. And part of me is like, couldn't we just save Chloe without using time powers again or something? Can't we just have both? Mm-hmm. Like, I I just so hate that ending because it's like, this is the ch- this is an important choice. Like, it's, they give you this big choice. I'm like, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of that ending. And I was like, just, I don't know. What they said, what they suggested <laughs> though was interesting was instead of it, Chloe or a crap ton of people, because why does the storm want one person or a bajillion people? Uh-huh. What if it was be? T- but it'd have to be scripted chapter two to be, it can only be one way, is between Kate and Chloe. Mm-hmm, mm. That would have been an interesting choice at the end, because it's one-to-one Oh, life. man. Oh, man. <laughs> one must die. I'm like, holy crap. That would have well, been honestly, interesting Honestly, I would choose Kate to die, because Chloe's <laughs> my best friend. I know, I know. <laughs> that I was just, easy. <laughs> I guess they had to build up Kate more, but I'm like, that ending. Like, it's the only part I'm not the biggest fan of, because I mm. get what they're trying to do. But they didn't set it up perfectly, I guess. Mm-hmm. I see like, what you mean. Like, like I guess maybe like logically, it would it it would be easier to make like you know the choice for the greater good. Yeah. But I feel like for selfish players like myself, I had <laughs> a hard time because I was like, I know I should save people for the greater good, but you know, it's Chloe. <laughs> that's the but. thing. Is like that decision is such a hard one to make and i think any other day maybe i would have just picked chloe over the people who knows because i'm like it's such a hard pick it's really hard it 
It's also the guy who looks like me is going to die if I don't pick <laughs> him. But it's just, um, I think any given day, like, if I'm on, if I'm in a more romantic mood, I'm picking Chloe over the people. <laughs> I think that's how it is. Because it's like, just, they're so important to Max. They're very yeah. important to Max. And it's, it says a lot if you're willing to sacrifice Max for all the people, because it's like, you're willing to sacrifice the most important per person to you for the greater good. I don't know if you hear that. <laughs> Oh, wow, someone's revving their engine. Some people really like to ruin their engines. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, I'm like, but if I don't, like, if I absolutely adore this person, I love this person so much, maybe I would go like, damn everyone else. And so I guess it depends on what day of the week. <laughs> it's like, this is I'm, true. Like, maybe on another day, if I'm feeling more, I guess, productive or <laughs> I guess benevolent, I would be like, oh yeah, I guess. I should save the town. But yeah. in that moment, I think that was what the game wanted to uh, yeah. cater to. was like, in that moment, they just made you choose, like, you know, it was like a sec, like a, well, yeah. I guess like in game, it had to be like a split second decision. But for us, I was just like, damn it, what do you do? <laughs> what I, what I think yeah. would have been interesting is if you took too long, Chloe goes, screw it, and just rips the thing in front of you. <laughs> it was like, it's like, no. Yeah. Because that's something like uh, Telltale kind of does, where if you run out of time, they'll just make they'll make something happen for you. Oh, really? Oh, damn. Um, I think for the tough decisions, they don't do that. Maybe, uh -huh. or they just randomize what you choose. But it mm -hmm. would be funny if they did that. We're like, because you're indecisive, Chloe rips it for you. He's <laughs> like, and no. Like, no. <laughs> that would happen in real life, though. I, I think because Chloe gives the option, I think she would have just done it herself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Chloe's like, you have to sacrifice me, but it's your choice. And then Chloe's like, no, screw that. I'm just going to rip it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Chloe, like, even with her, you don't know. Like, Chloe, is, the way Jinx put it, is um, Chloe is kind of the antagonist of the story. Not exactly, but she's the one who causes the most trouble in that entire story. I think she's, story. like, the anti-hero more the, like, than the antagonist. Because, like, not even, like, what I mean is not the antagonist, but she is uh -huh. the antagonizing force in that game. Oh, right, right, But she's yes. causing trouble for you guys the whole game. <laughs> she's always That's starting true. crap with somebody. That is true. And it's like, well, she's kind of getting herself killed, isn't she? <laughs> like, when you're shooting the gun, like, you're telling her where to shoot, she can shoot herself uh -huh. on accident. You're like, well, you kind of deserve that, Chloe. <laughs> I'm not going to want time just yet. I'm just going to let you drink just let that you bleed in. out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She hits herself like, rewind time, rewind time. Like, yeah, I'm going to let you just no. think about that for a moment. Yeah. Like, there's the one where she gives you the option to kiss her. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Did you? I, I went, I did both. But I went with, I went with no at, in the end because, uh, what's his name? Because uh, uh, the guy, the, the guy love interest. He's, right, right, right. He goes through so much for you. He deserves to maybe go at least go on Aww. a date with you. Aww. Like, I'm pulling for you, bro. I hope things work out. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping that that would work out, too. He was really nice. Yeah, he's so sweet. And he, he, he gets beat up for you and everything. Yeah, but I feel like Max didn't really like or see him that way. Like, yeah. the character. They beat you over the head with that, too. They're like, he's just nice. He's, just, he's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, she already friend-zoned him as a character. <laughs> <laughs> and so but i was like i didn't think she was into chloe that way so i didn't go for mm -hmm. it but i did it anyway to freak out chloe yeah she's like whoa didn't see that coming but yeah, then i rewound I it and, and picked not kissing her 
Oh. And she's like, you you probably ordered wrong time and didn't. I'm like, yes, you're correct about that. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> because That's pretty cool. She does, Chloe makes moves on you. Like, she tries to be subtle about it in the game. Because she's I like, just start being like, you know, your best friend kind of thing. That's, that's how. Thing. That's the way I saw it. I I could like I couldn't tell because she's being kind of playful, and she just kind of was like, you could use your powers right now. You could use them. You could you could do something with me and go back in time if you want. Because <laughs> she does that when you when you're in the diner with her. She's like, huh. you could have you could sleep with anyone and then go back in time. You could sleep with me and go back in time. She's <laughs> like, dude. Like Max, like dude, no. Chloe. <laughs> and so like chloe might be interested i think but i'm not sure that's but true it, it's a good game and before yeah, the i'm very coming, interested in like um how how like the rachel's point of view I, like, the thing with rachel was like like um we don't see what happened again like she someone killed her right was it mr yeah. jefferson yeah it was uh, yeah no it was nathan nathan killed her uh what happens is nathan gives her drugs but he gives her too much so she overdoses oh yeah yeah and they had to like bury bury her body yeah. and oh, that yeah. was such a tough point when you dig up rachel and chloe's oh. freaking out and like yeah. oh god that's because it's where you went and shot the bottles like you you've yeah. been there you've been walking over her grave. yeah it's oh, so god. dark because oh. it was nathan wanted to prove to jefferson he could do it too yeah. Without his help, and he screws up That's nicely. Up. <laughs> so yeah. God damn it. It's so Nathan. messed up. And yeah, Nathan's yeah. so messed up. And That's the thing that bothers me about Before the Storm, because I'm going to play it. Uh -huh. And I'm like, you're going to be Chloe, and you can be kind of innocent Chloe, or you can wreck things. And you mm -hmm. know exactly who Chloe is, so you're going to wreck yeah. things. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But it's pre-blue-haired Chloe. It's when she meets Rachel, and they, be they come uh... together. So they're gonna come together, and I'm assuming Rachel's gonna die at the end of Before the Storm. Yeah, or she goes missing. She goes or missing. Something. Yeah, she goes missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about prequels is you kind of know what's coming. You know what's gonna happen to this poor girl. You know what's gonna happen to Rachel. You know like no matter what you do, like that will be the outcome. Yeah, like you know, Chloe's gonna get shot, and she's either gonna die or not die, depending on what you chose. Mm -hmm. But you know, Rachel's gonna die. Yeah, and it's like. Oh my god, like you hope it gets played, it's done well, but at the same time, like, do I really want to see this poor girl before she gets killed? Do I really want to explore that? Uh -huh. I'm gonna, don't have a choice, I have the game. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, and it's was, a very solid game. I was worried about uh, the prequels, but apparently it's really good, so there you go. Mm -hmm. So gonna play that eventually. I'm just like... It's not out yet, know. right? It's like, it's, it's like... out yesterday, so it's out now. Oh, so gonna get, okay. I'm gonna probably play that tomorrow. Uh. <laughs> and it's just such a it's a uh, Life is Strange was a ride. My one thought though is at the end of the game, if you choose Chloe over everyone else, they drive away together. I'm like, that's gonna haunt them for the rest of their life. That she chose all these people to die for her. Kind of like that's gonna bug them. It's like, well, yeah, we let all those people die. <laughs> yeah. I, I let all those people die. <laughs> I was like, Chloe. <laughs> it's it just how it ends is so tough. Mm -hmm. I'm not satisfied with either ending because just because like you don't want Chloe to die. You just you don't want her to die. You don't. Mm. You despite the fact that it made you uh um see her die so many times. Mm -hmm. You don't want her to die. You just feel responsible, like you can stop it somehow. Yeah, you you feel very responsible. Because like, after, after seeing her in the wheelchair, it's like, oh, mm. fuck, this is my fault too. Yeah. It's like you want her to have a good life. 
Yeah, you have so much Because, like, up until that point, she had, like, a really, like, everything took a turn for the worse when her dad died, right? Yeah. So you kind of want to make things right by giving her, like, you know, a, a good life. But in the end, like, is, something, is that something you can give her? Like, maybe she was meant to die. And that's what really kind of killed me inside was that yeah. I wasn't able to, as a friend, I wasn't able to give us or help her in any way. So, and yeah. There you have it, folks. The magic of games. Just yeah. how games get you invested. Like, it's like books, movies, like all these media you can get invested. And mm -hmm. what games does is let you interact with it a lot more than books do. Like, you, your imagination's mm -hmm. in books. And that does a lot. But because mm -hmm. you're able to control things in a way. Just, yeah, the interactivity ooh. is what makes, I guess, separates games from books. Yeah. There's, there's choose your adventures, but it's not the same. You, you're putting your fingers yeah. in different pages so you can go back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, oh, I don't like this ending. You're, you're scum saving, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm like one of those people who saves before like a hard decision. And then after like, I would always load them back yeah. to save. Especially in Dragon Age. In Dragon Age, that's oh. what I did. I would always like save before like any conversation or any fight. And then if I didn't like the outcome, I would load the last yeah. save and try to. Yeah. That's the magic of Life is Strange is just rewind. We yeah, know you want exactly. it, we know you can do it anyway, so just rewind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even some of the major choices you could rewind as well, too, so that was good. Except for like the final choice of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. Yeah, uh, I think it's a good point to end on. We was yeah. we've gone for a while. That is basically a podcast again. Everyone who stuck around for the spoiler. And yeah, it was a good talk. Good fun talk. Yeah. See everybody. Bye.